Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Janine Between the Lines. Tis I, your host, Janin. Janin Himnaizadat. Today's episode is a special one. It's not an OTT, but it does have a feature on it. My brother, Jasper, and I will be diving into one of our favorite books from one of our favorite authors, Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Um, what else? You'll hear more about him later. Uh, if you enjoy my podcast and you're excited to hear about this episode and about our views on evil in the world and some gnarly old vampires, go ahead and like this podcast on Anchor or follow it or subscribe wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. Um, if you would do me a big old freaking solid and rate and review me on Apple Podcasts, that would be the most helpful thing. Um, let's start off this year right, helping each other. So go ahead and write me a little review. That would be the best thing in the world. Or you could leave me a, a quick little applause. I'm winding myself. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I should probably get this fire alarm little beeping thing fixed because in the event of a fire, while I have three candles burning, that wouldn't be the most safe thing. Yes, so I'll definitely get on that. Welcome to 2019. It's going to be an amazing year. And thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Say hi. Hi. Am I on now? You are on now. Oh dear. I'm not sure this is this is a little overwhelming. But are you uh, nervous? A little bit, yeah. Because I expected you to do this when I actually saw you face to face. Oh no, that's okay. I mean, we'll do what we can. Everybody, this is my other older brother. Why do you introduce yourself, Joss? going on y'all name's jasper jimenez i am the middle child and the doting older brother of <laughs> awesome individual are you excited i am i am because i've been waiting for you to cover a genre that i actually really like the horror genre so yes yeah. i'm happy get well did you did you like the episode with me and je you know how many times I've listened to that over and over again? <laughs> oh my gosh, when me and J.E. recorded it too, we would listen to it so many times just because it was funny hearing the answers again. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do that again because I, I, we need to do that again. Well, we could I... actually do it with three people. Like, I think even on Anchor, you can add as many people as you want. But before we get started, I I have like um fire alarm that's like beeping so that might be annoying joss is at home um i want you to tell the peeps more about you i want to know how was your new year's well uh, i mean what do you what should i what should i start with um instead of that what are your new year's resolutions okay well in spite of a relatively uneventful yet really peaceful new year, I just want to become the best version of myself. Yeah. 
I just want to become the best version of myself, uh, just physically, uh, financially, just uh, mentally. Doesn't extend to just really specific goals. Just you know, 2018 was a really good year, and I just really do plan to just improve on what was just a solid 365 days. Just be like a straight up scary man. Straight up monster. That's really what I tell myself. Like I'm gonna become a monster that no one will recognize this year. A schmonsters. Mangster. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't remember if I um I think I said it in my beginning, like my first intro ever. Um, like you were, were you the one that introduced me to Stephen King books, or did I like pick it up myself? Like you know, when I would go to Goodwill. Did I just all of a sudden start reading them, or did you tell me to read something? I kind of edged you on to horror just because I felt like it was something you could get into. Seeing how much you loved reading, I wanted you to change up just like your usual kind of history. What was I reading before? Just like love books? Yeah, I think the first Stephen King book I gave you was actually Desperation. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you gave me that. No. But then I was reading Bag of Bones before that, I think. And you were like, dang, you're reading that? But, like, in terms of just, like, a solid, like, Stephen like King-like type novel, like, a classic, I think I was the one who, like, introduced you to it. And yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. Because I picked the Bag of Bones just randomly. Like, I liked the cover. And then you were like, whoa there, laddie. <laughs> <laughs> whoa there, zaddy. <laughs> A.K.A. Dr. Zaddy. Hashtag follow at Dr. Zaddy on Instagram. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. He cooks things and they're good things. I just had, I just cooked some salmon and some mixed veggies. Um, It was amazing. And I finished Salem's Lot a while ago, but it was like, um, I just had a gap in time where I wasn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in terms of podcast episodes because I'm still getting my bearings together. And I figured that, like, people just, I'm trying to figure out what I want people to hear and what everyone else wants to hear. But, you know, what my, this is the first time I didn't give, like, a guest on the show background. But I guess that makes for, like, better reactions and raw recordings. That's what she said. And, (laughs) um... So you want to know what my plan is for right now? It's not going to be super in-depth. And, I mean, it could get there. It could totally get there. Probably going to get there, knowing you. So um, I just want you to prepare yourself. So this is what I had in mind. So, of course, I'm going to, like, give credit to, like, a bunch of these questions that I'm finding. But there were a few, um, like, book club Uh, discussion questions that I was reading and I figured that they would be good and we could try to answer some of these and see like if we think that they're different how long ago did you read this this was (laughs) was it like a long time ago I actually run into this is one of the books that I run into like during our like childhood library runs no freaking way that long ago yeah, that long ago, like really, really long ago. But you remember it though, yeah. For the most part, yeah. I'm like little like details that like, like, you know, 
No sé. <laughs> well, that's okay because a lot of these questions are pretty general. And so there's going to be my little questionnaire part, and then I have a game that I want to play with you. Have you ever heard of a uh, soft move, boss move? What? <laughs> so, like soft boss move, move, boss move. Boss move. Yeah, like kind of like smash or pass. Oh my gosh. So okay. it's basically, I'm going to be saying like random lifestyle, soft move, boss. This is from um, the Jalen and Jacoby show. I was just watching like ESPN. And it's like basically, it's a soft move. Like, okay, no, I wouldn't want to do that. Or boss move. Like, yes, yeah, we like I do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, so we're gonna like rotate between like lifestyle ones, and then I'm gonna like I have a few like bookmarked things in the book, like things that happened, and like would that be a soft move or boss move, like in real life? You know what I mean? Cool, cool. Sounds okay, good. are you ready? I only have like five or six questions, but it'll be a it'll be a fun. Dive, dive in. Dive, dive right in. <laughs> Archie is like outside and he's like watching me like do this and he's like starting to like whimper a little bit. <laughs> you can let him in. That was my struggle whenever I'd be at home recording because he would he doesn't want to stay in, but he wants to be there. He's literally staring a hole through here. Yeah. <laughs> partially open, like he was like about to cry. Oh my gosh! Okay, are you ready? I am ready. I want to know your take first, and I feel like you're more knowledgeable knowledgeable about some of these things too. So, one of the first questions that's on here says, "In what ways are the vampires in the book?" like classic vampires and how are they different from classic vampires oh easily they're classic vampires one because um i think the main one is is that they can be off with crosses you know a Mm -hmm. lot of vampires you see in this century of vampire fiction through novels through comics you know through movies you can see these weaknesses like you know there'll be crosses don't do jack squat against vampires these days you know you look at twilight you look at blade you look at some b-rate science fiction movies you know the best and honest way to kill a vampire in these things is pretty much to go the strong arm route and to stake them burn them blow them up you know but it's a super traditional sense of uh just like a vampire's weakness to like be actually thwarted by crosses, you know, and mm-hmm. is um, basically being repelled by a classic embodiment of good. And that's where I think they are the most, they are the most uh, classic in this sense, you know? Yeah, that is true. But yeah, and you've like, you've read a lot more and watched a lot more vampire material than I have. Mm-hmm. Are they different? from those characters in a lot of ways um actually i can't i think these are about as close to classic vampires as i've seen you know um i think maybe so there was um actual film slash tv series about Mm -hmm. that was made like that was made and 
I'd say that appearance-wise, these vampires are actually pretty spot on of what actual vampires were portrayed as looking like too. You know, they're really slender, really pale. You know, they have the very long, like disproportionate teeth. Mm-hmm. The um, the folded, pointed ears too. The the very prominent, pressed out. You know, dark slash yellow eyes. I'm actually. I actually looked at a, what like they looked like in the movie, and yeah, these are de- if these aren't denizens of the night, then I don't know what is. So, I guess it's kind of a weird question. Maybe. This this really is like what a classic vampire looks like to me, you know. Even like personality wise, you know, these are um, the vampires. You know, they can they retain a lot of their like original like intelligence. Their, mm-hmm. They're able to like seduce you. They try to work with reason for you to like give you them the path of least resistance to like suck your blood. You know, they ask for invitations in, which is actually another classic <gasps> aspect. As well. I know. I noticed that too. When I read that, I didn't know that that was like a, a universal thing because the first time that I saw that was watching the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. So a lot of vampires are actually really coof and they don't want to like, they have this personality thing where they just want to take the path of least resistance. So mm. actually repelling a vampire could, it could start with just saying no to just this unusual charm, this power that they have to reason with you, to draw out this sense of strange attraction that they have with the human mind. Yeah. That's that's a definite classic event. Wow. Yeah. Did you do you think you find anything different in your sense of what a vampire is with these vampires specifically? No, and I think that's the scariest part about it. Yeah, like you look at like what a vampire's like how vampires transitioned. Mm-hmm. You know, a Twilight vampire versus what we see here. Classic, you know. It's freaking scary, man. They're not something that. You could you you'll be able to tell if that this is not something you want in your house. <laughs> you see freaking Jacob, or you see like uh, what's what's his name? Edward. Yeah. Dang, so, I, I might let this guy in. <laughs> those are actually the scariest vampires, Edward Cullen. <laughs> he comes and will want to come. <laughs> Do you remember what is his name? the The little boy's name was it Ben? Ben, ben is the uh, protagonist. No, he, yeah, that's Ben Mears. What was it? Was was it Mark or Jacob? Guy who disappeared, the little boy who disappeared. Yeah. Uh, the little boy who disappeared. I have the book in front of me. I, I'm actually looking for the one who, because I was about to reference when the the first little boy that died was at his window. So, like, the yeah. main, what was his name? I think it began with, like, an R or an M or an S. I think it's Mark. Yes, it's Mark. It's Mark. His name is Mark, the freaking brave soul. That brave freaking child. That's why more kids need to read. Can you imagine if he didn't, wasn't reading all those science fiction things, and then he just invited the ghosts of that little boy in, and then that would have been the end of it. Yeah, that would have been, I might have been just the end of the story. I mean, I know. It just makes you wonder too, like, 
you know, freaking Barlow was like an immigrant, like an Austrian immigrant, like, mm-hmm. but he like really like knew, like nobody really like cared, like just like nobody was there, like nobody like read up on just like who's like. I think a theme of this story that like I'm seeing is like xenophobia and like just the scare of like being different honestly mm-hmm. it's just like you know like but did they though because do you remember in the, some somewhere in the like the latter half of the novel they were talking about how i don't think it's a matter of the people in the town not reading up on it but they were just choosing not to see it because they were talking about how like the history lives on in there and then some people would just turn a blind eye to it because yeah, I think they that's... know the town has been cursed that whole yeah. time. Ooh. This, this is such a good book. Yeah, it's good. so good, Joss. Like when I was reading it, I read, I was up. Did I tell you that? I was up and then I was so scared. I was like skipping through some parts, but then I went back to it because it was like <laughs> midnight and I... I kept hearing things. Oh, scared reading it. That's what horror does to you, though. It gives you a different sense. Like, it makes you feel like you're more like alive. I guess. I guess that's why I read like horror novels, just because like nothing really like connects me to like my senses than just like the fear of just looking like pine racks through a book. Even you know, it's different with through a book than it is like a movie. If you see something scary in a movie, I think you know, I'm able to forget it fast the book, like, and it can like, ingrain that in your mind. Yes. That's why that's, like, I don't read as much horror as I used to just because, like, I want to find, like, that one, like, a new classic that'll actually just, like, just blow my mind. Play you? (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh, that's why I have such bad nightmares, right? Yeah, I guess I contributed to that in a sense too. Like, my my sister has probably the most active and vivid imagination that between all of us, and they fuel just like <laughs> dream sequences that are just they're crazy, man. Like when my sister te- when my sister tells me about like her dreams, especially like just through like the group chat and stuff, I'm just like. You can't even call them bad dreams sometimes. These are just like unfortunate happenings. <laughs> they're 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 like most of the time they're realistic, you know. Like I know, and that's the scary part. That is scary. <laughs> Why what 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 is Salem's life that happened? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember you know, I don't remember having any vampire related ones. I did have a really bad dream last night, but it was like nursing related. So. <laughs> Oh, nurse related. Okay. Yeah, it was bad. But you were um you were just talking about Barlow and oh my god. Dude. <sighs> he is one bad MF. There's a question here. It says, Well one, how is Barlow how and why is Barlow different from the rest of the vampires? And why is he different? But also, what are your thoughts on, like, the contrasting personalities between between, between <laughs> his character 
and all of your portrayals in your mind about how Dracula is. But that's the thing, too. You know, they're both of European lineage. Um, both of them. Barlow comes across as just somebody who knows, like, like he he knows. Why do I have knots in my stomach? He's scary. I'm looking at a picture of him right now, man. This guy looks like, oh my gosh. Like it's it's weird because like his 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 fangs are his two like front teeth. They're not. <laughs> so like if he bites you or does that, you don't feel like space. It's just he's like. Freaking They're not his hashtag incisors. But, like, you can tell, like, this guy, like, he knows that he's, like, just up to no good, honestly. Like, Is he Dracula? You know, that might not be a bad assumption just because vampires can take many forms. And he seems to have, like, that, you know, killer intellect. You know, he, like, the people he changes, like, he's able to charm them into thinking that just, like, oh, you know, I can make you better than what you actually are. You know, he's, like, he's just the prototypical just master vampire. You know, somebody who just sucks the, literally sucks the life out of a place and makes them, like, his for all the wrong reasons. Do you remember in the book when he just demolished, well, he didn't even kill Father Callahan. No, he did literally, that's another thing, too, like. I've never read anything like that in my life. With, with Dracula, you could kind of, you can kind of see like there was some shred of humanity, no matter like how small. But with this guy, he's just—he literally turned someone's purpose into moot, pretty much. You know, just basically destroying like he destroyed someone's faith, and now he can never go back to it. Can you like they he? couldn't get back in the church and granted electric shock is what it felt like so when he walks through the doors of a church now like he will never oh my gosh that's like just imagine like you were ordained and you're just oh my god and it was a forcible it was forcible Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like a feeling where like he still could walk in it's like he physically and yeah he's literally electrocuted every time he walks through like church door but it was kind of sad knowing that like that's the thing about barlow's intelligence too he tested the faith of a priest i know i know and he's like okay if you have if you're really this man of faith throw across throw aside the cross you know throw aside the symbol and let you know let's see what you can do and that in that kind of pressure situation man he, he probably already knew. He probably already knew. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the most terrifying thing on this planet. You know, there's not a lot that this guy can do, like, in front of me right now. The most terrifying, the most evil, and, like, the fact that, I don't know, it was kind of introspective in Father Callahan's sense because he knows. He knows he wasn't as, like, strengthened in his faith as, you know, a part of his Catholic community. He knew that. He probably knew deep down that this kind of evil wasn't something that he's ever been. Of course, nobody would be prepared for it, but was his faith strong enough to like overcome it? And it was just, no. It wasn't even like he wasn't feeling unfaithful. I think just in the presence of an overwhelming evil, Mm -hmm. that might just happen. You know, you might just think like, 
okay, I I can't I can't let this cross go now because. But you think? Do you think that if, like, if Stephen King gave more background and kind of made Father Callahan not look like he was, you know, a drinker and was like one of those quote unquote like sinning priests? Do you think that if he, if Father Callahan was more, um, I guess like by the book and was an extremely quote unquote again good faithful good priest. priest do you think he would have been able to defeat him not even i don't think not so even that. oh wow interesting i think with that just like his flaws like his flaws amplify just how evil like barlow is you know like even if like i feel like barlow could just even like figure out that like you know just just test you in a way where no matter how much faith you have, like you're human terror, you know, he's, and he's going to capitalize on that. Like, I don't think you'd have to be literally the Pope to not be scared of Barlow, I guess. Or to defeat him. Yeah. I don't think who would be even the Pope. How? <laughs> you have a heart. No, who? No, really. Like even, cause you know, he's, if I remember correctly from the history that they were reading up on, he came around or this entity came around in like the 1700s and, you know, everything was passed down and who other than the Lord himself? Blade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, you're right. (laughs) What was the the white guy's name? His, his, His sidekick? Christ. Not Chrysler. <laughs> Whistler. <laughs> Him or like Van Helsing. Oh, oh dude. My. That would be dope. Because, you know, Van Helsing isn't like... Van Helsing isn't um, part of the church. But, like, he's ordained by, like, Rome to, like, kill vampires. And, like, he has, like, all, like, those weapons or whatever. Yeah. Do you see why, like, I like to go back and read, like, classics? Like, this is why. Because is is Van Helsing... Is there a book about him? He's not like, he's, book? I mean, the Hugh Jackman version kind of blew everything up. Van Helsing was just a doctor who pretty much just knew about, like, who pretty much just kind of knew about the history of vampires. Like, yeah, he's not like this, like, freaking warrior priest guy. Like, no, like the actual, like, novels and the Bram Stoker stuff. Like, he's just kind of like this guy who, who's seen Van He's knowledgeable about them, and so he just volunteers to help. He's not like he does not have a, a an automatic holy crossbow. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> would literally be like, you know how Je always shows us those like Batman versus like Wolverine things. What if it was like Van Helsing versus Barlow? <laughs> Did you watch the movie though, Joss? Did you watch Sam's Lot? Heck no, dude. That came on TV. I got so scared. Oh crap. We have to watch it then. I would watch it. It's actually a TV series. It's not like I think there was a movie made, but the most Yeah, there's two. There was one in nineteen seventy nine and then another one in two thousand four. I think the two thousand four one was what I what what I <laughs> if that was still scary to me, just imagine how bad the freaking classic one would be. I might pee on my armpit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
shoot straight up. Your shirt is so. <laughs> Wait, how are you even watching the movie? You're like watching it like upside down. <laughs> One leg up. <laughs> Freaking weird. Oh my gosh. We should watch it. Like next time I'm home, we can watch it. But. Good. I think that's a good direction for your podcast too. I think you should watch like. You should do like a section where you do like film, like movies, and like. That's what Ethan said. But I know how you feel about books and movies, though. Like, I know. The book and I think all my listeners are pretty aware too, but I'm gonna try to open my mind, and then that would be a good, like, basis, like a foundation for an episode. Because the first thing I could talk about would be like comparing them and all of that kind of stuff, but. I think honor yeah. is a good basis because, you know, they're both oper- operating on the same premise that you're trying to be scared. So, like, if you, like, read the book and then, like, the movie doesn't go, like, it's it's a really true, like, consensus as to whether a good a movie was made good, pretty much. Because, you know, there's there's room for, looseless, for looseness with, like, other genres, pretty much. But with horror, like... If it's not as raw, the terror you feel from the book than it is like in the movie. So exactly, I think it's good. I think it's a good basis. Like, Do you have a favorite part of the book? Mm-hmm. Honestly, just like, just like when they came back and just like set fire to the town. Honestly, yeah. Yes. That gave me closure. I, I usually my real feeling was like, is this closure. really gonna work? Like, I, my real feeling was, is this really gonna like work? Yeah. Do you feel any type of way about how Stephen King like formatted like the epilogue and that I thought it was really cool and I was like no way that was from the beginning like you know what I mean because how they talked about they were just on their way and they were coming from Mexico and like the Spanish priests. That's crazy honestly how they even like would you would you have that kind of willpower just like you saw all that horror would you be the kind of person to like come back from mexico and try to like do like what they were trying to do i don't know if, oh. I don't know that kind of willpower man i don't know if it's a matter of willpower but i'm do you think it was just obligation like they're just like yeah. yeah like we have to do this like we're we're the only like real like humans like left in this town we have to destroy the marston house like oh my I... God. yes i feel like they're it could have gone like it it was kind of a spiritual like obligation yeah because of everything that they've experienced and if if we were in their shoes like of course your first instinct would be i'm never going back there forget it i'm going to move to mexico and never but then all their loved ones were there just walking around like nobody Literally, they would never have peace. Yep. Everybody in the town, like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? And here's the thing, which is a perfect segue to the next question. Do you, like, I know we get a lot of of it from mom, and she's just talking about how, like, we have to be, like, super, like, adamant about our faith and all this stuff because – evil and devilry and all of this exists and we would never know 
yeah, we do a lot of research on like aliens and monsters and all this kind of stuff, but evil that's comes from like hell. Yeah. I believe it exists. And then this question oh. says, you know, Stephen King in maybe like 80% or not 80%, but in so many of his books, there's so many sub themes and um, like workings in his books that kind of like foreshadow and talk about the presence of evil in the settings of his novels. But it says like, what are your thoughts on evil in the world and its existence? And can people just be evil? Yeah, of course. You think so? I think. How, how do they become I think, that? Well, how well, how are they that way? People be like born evil, or are you asking just like about like the state of evil like itself, like its existence, and just like? I want to hear both. Okay, so I don't think people are born evil, but with the right influence, just like where you are, and just like with a weak enough mind, and just your propensity towards doing that yeah like and that's i think evil is something that isn't always like seen also it's like it can take just like little like little instances too it's just like you don't have to like be like a serial killer or whatever to like do evil things like you don't have to you know like Hold on, I have to re- I have to regather my thoughts. That's that's going like. Isn't that just a loaded question? <laughs> it's for, yeah. I mean, like it's dump truck loaded, but. And also, it's like you know, because Je won't watch scary movies, and it's I'm kind of the same way. I he's mostly scared of things that are kind of realistic in terms of like possession and like freaking spirits, like evil spirits. That- those are the stuff that we will not watch and it's be it's because of how would you call it close to home just because of like of what we I were... believe that evil exists and people can do the darkest things and be we turn a blind eye to evil just because it's evil i think but that doesn't mean that it's not there you know what i'm saying i believe yeah. i believe that evil isn't something that's always tangible, something that's always visible. I think that, you know, it happens without our knowing sometimes, but when it comes to the light, you know, like it just confirms itself that it's there. And it's just like not something that we understand completely, but we know it's there. You know, we read up on just like all these terrible things that are happening in the world. And it makes like, Comes like teachings and stuff like it makes us it gives us that backbone just to be like yeah this is what we're fighting against you know like this is what we have to try to like avoid becoming and avoid doing you know and how do you fight it how do you fight it i guess you counteract it i don't know if we can stop it like 100 percent, just the way like human like we as humans are but just i think to counteract evil you have to do just in as much good possible you know if it means going to church for you if it means helping other people if it means just maintaining a i guess i guess a non-evil mindset in your mind just positive like like for the good of other people you know type of stuff i think that you can at least counteract it but 
to really stop it, I think, is something that is just beyond a human concept as we know it right now. Yeah. Because it's it's a force. It's not just something, you know, it's not like a disease where we can find a cure for because it's just there. It's almost omnipresent as good itself, you know. Yeah, that is true. It's a 50-50 equation, you know. There's good and then there's evil. One out of two. You know, they 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 happen in equal in equal occurrence in the world. What are the odds you're evil? <laughs> one out of two. Oh my <laughs> three, two, one. Two. <laughs> Why would I that's so bad? What do I become evil if I <laughs> That's the hard part and then I don't know. That brings up an even bigger, even more loaded question. Yeah, conversation in terms of religion and how, you know, you're supposed to conquer your demons and all that kind of stuff. But such a paradox how the theme of how the title is Salem's Lot, but it should be more like Sodom's Lot. Yeah, and Jerusalem, you know what I mean? It's like, I kind of, did they? explain how the place was named because i kind of forgot like i think they did and i should have bookmarked it but i didn't it's just like the literal ground for like sin and bloodshed like the opposite of what a place called jerusalem god is salem's not your favorite stephen king book yeah i want to say have you read Pet Cemetery? The first no, one? not yet, not yet. That I think it's tied with Pet Cemetery. Did he write Poltergeist? No. Okay. Did you Did you read Poltergeist? No, but I remember seeing the movie and I was crying. Is that the thing where the freaking skull giant monster like popped out of the freaking? <laughs> I the... think that's the one where the house was like demented. You know what I mean? Oh. That was an old book. Old book. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think I think it might have been like like Poltergeist like 2 or something like that. Or like there, there was a scene where like it was like somebody like opened a closet with this giant like freaking skull head. Like, Crap, I think that is it. <laughs> and it was like glowing, right? <clears throat> yeah, it was like glowing in the background and like freaking all these like dead like bodies like popped up in the front lawn or whatever god dang see freaking but do you you like you like the horror genre now right Janine I love it it's one of my favorite like I the gratification I get from reading a good suspense novel or horror novel is unlike any other I've really almost completely shed my desire to read like romances really almost because i never buy them anymore like i love okay i love a good like love story and that's usually what i always used to get because my first like true like streak of books that i would read was nicholas sparks because my friend Allie would let me borrow all her nicholas sparks books but then once i started reading like david baldacci from ninang and then Stephen King and then I would just always be in those sections and then 
I was kind of averted to like love story books with a bunch of like weird covers you know what I mean like these like men and women just entangled I'd be like I don't want to buy this (laughs) but like yeah I'm looking at all my books that are on my shelves right now it's like Lord of the Rings David Baldacci I have the troop there I haven't read it yet that is a great book I have all my classics, like my Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, and then Picture of Dorian Gray. I'm just naming what I'm seeing right now. And that's a good podcast, by the way. That was a really good podcast. I love the one. Yes, that makes me happy. I didn't really know what to do with that, but um, I'm glad you liked it. But yeah, like, and then I have, you know, I'm my little classics kick. I'm gonna read Sense and Sensibility next, but. yeah, it's crazy. I don't I don't gravitate and it kind of sucks, which it's not that I'm not open to it. A couple of my friends like Julia and Riley told me that they want to read. They're like, can we read something easy first? <laughs> and I'm like, OK, because they want to read something <laughs> that, you know, it's like a sweet little thing, which I, I don't mind. Like, dude, I cry reading books all the time. I wouldn't mind having another little love story, but. I find myself automatically going to like the suspense horror section when I'm at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Got that 30. Just new. Yeah. Remember how we always used to go to the magazines first and then you started going to like comics and then kitchen stuff. And now for me. Oh my gosh, dude. That's exactly what I do. (laughs) Then I go to the cookbooks. Yeah. For me, it's like, stationary things then I think like suspense and then well I did have a string where I wanted to like get a bunch of comics and like um, graphic novels but I don't know if I'm in that phase right now you do a podcast on um, what, what is it you read that you need? which one what's the graphic novel that you've been keeping up with oh saga yeah you should do a podcast on that i think that'd be cool too I, I got a few suggestions to do to do graphic novels but i think that i i like that would be a fun one to do um what's it called to read along with a bunch of people is like um the wolf one the boy and the wolf oh the man the boy and the beast yes i would love to do you that. watch that right yeah yeah freaking yes Okay, guess what? I have I have like my list of hashtag soft moves or boss moves. Do you kind of get the concept of it? It's just like, so you're going to explain to me like a concept and then like I tag it with either soft move or boss move. Yes. Then I explain my reasoning. Yes. Cool. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to, I have eight things. <laughs> oh. And you have to tell me whether you think it's a soft move or a boss move. Okay. Ready? Do it. All right. Your thoughts on buying teacup pigs? (laughs) Teacup pigs. Um, If you're a girl, soft boss move. That's racist. What? What do you mean? (laughs) Just kidding. 
These are hard to keep take care of, man. I mean, if no, like... they're not. They're clean. Really? Yeah, pigs clean up after themselves. They look the crap. Are you saying you want a teacher? No. Well, I think that. Uh, I mean, it's a pet. You know, just get it where you want. <laughs> soft move or boss move? I'm gonna go boss. I'm gonna say soft because it's not. It's not the. Yeah. It's not the hardest animal you can buy. Okay, I guess. I think it's a boss move if you're like a buffalo dude and you're like, I want a teacup pig. And you just flaunt it. My <laughs> cooking. That's a confidence move right there. You know what I mean? I make some teacup lechon real quick. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not vegan, but. I know. I okay, here's one that's kind of. Uh, Stephen King related. Moving to a small town in the north. Soft move or boss move? Boss move, because depending on the town, if you can make it work on somewhere you know isn't your comfort zone, then yeah, that would be a boss move. I think that's a boss move too, because you know how I am. I like being by myself. And can you imagine like the scenery? That's what I was thinking. You know, when you moved to like Tennessee, I was like, dude, she's a she's in another state. That's a straight up boss move. I can imagine like living on a on a port like all of Stephen King's like settings you know what I mean and then looking boats and sunrises on the water but it's kind of like evil at the same time too (laughs) how would you want want to imagine living there You (laughs) you literally just said you want to live somewhere evil no, no, I didn't mean that. But you know, you know, his all of his stuff is based in like Maine and Massachusetts and stuff, and it's like trees and crap and lights. Where like that's where um, Pet Cemetery takes place too. Yeah, I think that generally all his books take place like where town he like, with like an obscure history, but like no, it's mostly like Maine. Like, almost oh. all of them, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I read about that somewhere. Okay, how about this one? Fire. Boss move. Boss move. There's no way. I don't know why I wanted to say that. <laughs> okay, next one. Soft move or boss move? Arranged marriages. Soft move. Why? Because <clears throat> love isn't something you arrange. I think you should only marry the person you love. Unless yeah. you're doing it for the specific benefit and then your partner knows that you know he's only in it for my inheritance. And then if you're okay with it, then yeah, it's a boss move. But for me personally, I don't I think trying to alter someone's destiny like that when, you know, it's really not in the cards for them. And just have them just live it out. I for the at least. I guess I understand. I'm gonna say soft move too. What do do you, you remember when um in the book? What was her name? Um. Oh, the mother who like freaking mm-hmm. trying to get Susan to stay with the hometown guy. 
Let her, let her breathe. Just what a breath. <laughs> she is a boss at that. <laughs> okay, ready? Next one. Yeah. What number? Uh, are we? We're on like five. Five. Okay. Okay. Soft move or boss move? Instagram straight flexing. Hmm. <laughs> straight flexing. I guess I'd be a hypocrite because I try to I, I, I flex a little bit in my Instagram stories. So if you're doing it right, if you're if you're if you're not flexing too hard, and you're flexing something worth flexing, then yeah, it's a boss move. I think it's a boss move. I agree. I'm gonna call it a soft boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you wanted to say. You ask for raises and you just give it to them. Yeah, because me and, uh, or Holly and I were talking about um, how we feel about New Year's resolutions and everyone posting Oh yeah, that's... what they want to do. And I think that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm totally about New Year's resolutions and, like, any, at any point of the year where you feel like something's pushing you to be a better person or, like you said, be your better self, then I think that's a boss move. Like, that's... But if you're... You should feel that way about yourself, and you should want to be that way. But I think it's a soft move when it's like very obvious that you're trying to flaunt something. Okay. The clout, and you're just trying to like get some likes. If you're posting, if you're posting something just on the gram for some likes, you know, you're posting your personal resolutions along with it, like a little thoughty pic, and you're just like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna blah 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 blah, and you know, you don't even follow through with it, then you're mad. Yeah, that's a big thing, too. Like, if you don't even follow through with it, or, like... Softer than your waist. Yeah. Waist not tight. Hashtag soft boss. Flabby underarms. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Soft move or boss move? Exploring ghost towns. Boss move. Super boss move. Oh, it's definitely not soft, but yeah, it's definitely a boss move, but something I totally wouldn't do. I would do it. I, I think I should do it once just because, like, I feel like if I'm not, if I haven't experienced something, like, really scary that's, like, not a movie, then I can't consider myself a fan of the genre. Unless, like, I just... Oh, I mean, I have, I think I have to, but I don't want to, but I think if I... Let's make that a thing. Let's do that next year, Joss. Where at? I'll do it with you. I'll find some kind of haunted crap. Maybe I, somewhere I, in I Tennessee. There's something in Tennessee, like a freaking like old like ranch or something like that. Yeah, or Kentucky. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll make that a <laughs> Okay, but you, uh, you have to keep your eyes open. You have to like actually... So are we gonna like spend the night over there, or are you just gonna go like? On a- oh god, oh, we are not. I don't, spending the night. I don't know if I could spend the night, but you know, if it comes down to it, if like we need shelter, <laughs> shelter, <laughs> I'm bringing knives, dude. Knives? What the freak are we gonna do against freaking ghosts? Like- <laughs> Cut them. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, are you ready for the last one? Ready for the last one. Soft move or boss move? Growing up in a small town. Or I should say 
growing up slash raising a family in a small town? It kind of depends because, you know, what the town could turn you into, you know. Do you think that Jacksonville, that we were, we weren't a small town, were we? It felt like a small town. I mean, like, we're in the largest city in the U.S. area-wise, but, you know, we know a whole bunch of people. And, like, it feels small and it feels, like, super local because, you know, we, we've pretty much been everywhere in Jacksonville, you know. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it's a small town where a lot of people just know a lot of people, you know. People know each other's business. We're open with each other, you know. It's not, like, a sprawling big old city you know mm-hmm. like LA and like all it's like counties and stuff like that it's just you know Duval County you know it's Jacksonville it's just one light it's a big city physically but it doesn't feel like it you know but as far as raising yeah I mean yeah I mean if you can raise a family anywhere you know and have it like turn out well especially I think, yeah I think it's a boss move yeah I think, well, you can you can come you can become soft in a small town. I guess you can be like, you just be like not like, you could be like too accustomed to like a small town, then just like want to stay there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Like, kind of just like depends like your experience in that town. To be yeah. a family in it's good, but it also just kind of depends on like how like you turn out with that. Um, upbringing in a small town you know you could become soft war boss i guess but for the most part i will say i'll say it's a boss move yeah i'd say it's a boss move because like you said it feels like we grew up in a small town just because of the culture of how we were raised because we always stayed so close to home like no matter what we were yeah, like this... really were home most of the time other than school and like occasional vacations and stuff yeah and we kept our circle pretty pretty small that and was... that entailed us like knowing everything about you know whoever was in our circle and stuff yeah and that's what so I... I like that and it brings it gives you values and all of that kind of stuff it's just I think it, it's a matter of like when you do grow up like with Susan because she lived in such a small town and had these expectations of her to like stay there and marry the guy that everyone expected her to marry like it's super out of your comfort zone to actually that could make you soft I think mm-hmm. you're not you're, you're you're green in terms of just like outer experience and if your whole life centered in like one place without even just like branching out a little bit then you know that could you're not steeled up towards like everything that happens outside your town you know mm-hmm. everything outside you know i but, don't know if you listeners have noticed but i think that my brother is probably one of the only people who i feel like could read more than me not not lately but in the past just you used to read more than me and i think that anyone else like in our family I don't know anyone that's like as articulate as me as well because we were both like the nerds you were a nerd in a different I was life. a nerd but then you became a bigger nerd I think you're still a nerd I'm a different kind of nerd you are we're like different breeds yeah I'm like I'm like 
an animate nerd. I'm like an otaku now, but now you're just, you're just like we <laughs> a book club. That's like that's the different kind of thing. Okay, that does make sense, but it, like I could just it makes me happy because who else like in our family like we don't read. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> what if you like, just get out there? Like, we don't talk about books. Like, I feel like we could both read a book and, like, have good discourse on it. So I have to figure out what we're going to read next. What do you want to read next? I kind of, I like, dude, this is 47 minutes and we were talking about horror. Like, I think that, I think you should do, like, maybe, I think you should do a day where you, like, do, like, a quick thing on, like, two novels that you've read. Give it time and give like a really good analysis. Like you read, I really want you to read the troop because I don't think you're big on like science fiction type horror. Mm-hmm. That's it was solid. Characterization was great. Just like the advancing of like the plot was like a really good pace and like the ending, like it kind of gripped you in the end. It's like just like what happened, like what's gonna happen. Like I think you should read the troop and then change it up and do like two books in a day. You read the troop and then you review like another one on the same day just like do like two books and just like a quick review of like of each i'll i'll tie you up in the end that's uh <laughs> joss yes what's your favorite song right now my favorite song right now dang see this is how you know i'm a nerd because it's not even english it's a japanese song Oh, favorite song in Japanese. My, oops, Here we go. Favorite song in English. Favorite song in English is. Huh. I've been listening to a lot of the same songs. Honestly, I haven't really been. Okay, you can tell I me. Really, I really like Japanese that song. song. Tell me your Japanese song, but you have to sing part of it. Oh gosh, really? Do it. Okay, it's called. Uh, I don't know if your listeners watch any anime, but check out Zombie Land Saga. Uh huh. Really good. It's oh gosh, I don't even want to. <laughs> it's about zombie idols. But... <laughs> How does the theme song go? The song is called Atsuku Nari, and he goes. Atsuku Nari, Wow. Everyone give him an applause. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Literally get like a negative one. They're going to judge me. That was so good. Your falsetto has improved. Oh, well, that made me feel a little better. Okay. You heard me. My favorite English song right now is Better by Quid. I listen to that a lot. By who? Quid. Oh, check you out. Even though I still make fun of his voice, that's a really good song. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, what were you going to tell me, Jamie? I was actually, um, my Tita Tessa is going to bring over some chicken macaroni salad when I'm supposed to be dieting. It's okay. But I was just going to ask if you had any final words for the listeners. Um, if you were to give a desperate listener one piece of advice, what would it be? 
Hmm. Uh, how about the only constant in life is change? Who check you out? You <laughs> want to know what, what what I have in my old quote binder? That quote binder. You have a binder of quotes. Notebook. Okay. I like. I used to write them all down in different colors. Hold on, I'll find a good one. So yours is the only constant. That's be the first one you flip to when the. Okay, mine is. Uh, security is mostly superstition. It does not exist in nature. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. I like that. Helen Keller said that. I love that so much. Okay. Yes. Holy crap, Janine. 51 minutes. Are you happy? Actually, I didn't think that... I, I didn't think that we'd... You know, you gave the premise of what we were going to talk about, and I did not think it would be that long. Honestly, wow. That's what you said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it, the premise of what we talked about. Okay, in three, two, one, you're going to say bye, and then the first word that comes to your head. Ready? Three, two, one. Bye, January. Just want to say thank you again to my big riddle brother for recording the episode with me. I love you. Uh, guys, so many big things planned for 2019. How come life just keeps getting better? That's all I want to know. So, thank you again for all your support. I wouldn't be here doing what I do without you guys' support. So, keep an eye out for the next episodes. Follow me on Twitter, at JanineBTL. That's where I'll keep you the most updated. And also, again, rate and review me on Apple Podcasts. Or, you know, favorite this on Anchor. That would be the coolest thing in the world. Um, Keep an eye out for the next episodes. And I just want to say, as my parting words for this episode, that wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever, what if you're a hedgehog, I love you. Let's make this year the best year we've ever experienced. Thank you again for everything and all the support. I will catch you in the next episode of Janine Between the Lines. Good night.